I want you to turn your Bible to the book of Acts tonight quickly, if you would please. We'll not tarry long tonight, but boy, I'm glad we're in church tonight. And we'll be here Wednesday night also, and we'll be preaching. If you want to come, you can. Uh, we're not forbidding anybody to come. We want you to be safe. We want you to feel safe. And uh, we'll try to do everything we can to help you in that situation. And we do not want you to feel guilty if you stay home because of uh, anxiety over the pandemic. But if you stay home because you don't love God, I hope you have a flat tire on the way to church tomorrow. Dr. Rowland said one time when he got through preaching, Sunday school, he had a lot of folks exit the place. So he said one morning, if you leave after Sunday school and don't save your church, I hope you break your leg as you go out the door. Sure the world, somebody broke their leg when they went out the door and 50 people stepped over them getting to the car. I just waved back the star, amen. <laughs> All right. Acts chapter number four. And I want to talk to you tonight about a great church in a changing world. A great church in a changing world. We are living in a changing world. I, it's, it's unreal. In the 50s, I never would have dreamed that what's going on today would be allowed in America. I, I never, never would have dreamed that. But we're living in a changing world. A woman went to the doctor one day. And she was worried and fretful over her condition. And she said, doctor, doctor, I need your help. Please help me. He said, well, what's wrong? She said, every time I eat, I throw up dimes. He said, you what? said, every time I eat, I throw up dimes. And he said, well, I'll tell you what you do. Just go home. And sit down and rest, keep your feet up, and come back in a week. And we'll see what happens. See, she came back in a week, and she said, Doctor, I still have a problem. It's getting worse, because now when I eat, I throw up quarters. You do what? She said, every time I eat, I throw up quarters. He said, that's unreal. Go home and take a heat pad, put it on the back of your neck. Put your feet up, rest, and don't do anything. Come back next week, and we'll see if that helped any. She came back next week and said, Doctor, I'm really in bad shape. said, every time now I eat, I throw up half a dollar. He said, oh, just relax. You're going through the change. <laughs> Doc. Kind of holds hold itself down down there, Doc. <laughs> Would you be quiet? Verse 1. I want to read verse 1 and 2 and 3 for just an introduction. And as they spake unto the people, the priests and the captains of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them, put them in hold on the next day, for it was now evening tide. Peter and John preaching the gospel, 
preaching the resurrection and they're being persecuted for it. They've been incarcerated, thrown in jail and kept overnight waiting for the next day when the Sanhedrin and all the high priests and the hierarchy could get together. Now in verse number 16, saying, this is the next day after they've set them before the midst. And what shall we do to these men? For they indeed a notable miracle has been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem and we cannot deny it. But that it spread no father among the people, let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth no more, speak no man in this name. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight, uh, uh, whether it be right, uh, and Peter and John, oh, I'll get this in a minute. I'll tell you that mask just faded up my, my goggles here and I can't see. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether is it right in the sight of God to hearken unto you, more than unto God judge ye? For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people. For all men glorified God for that which was done. Two men preaching the gospel. Two men innocently proclaiming the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Two men member of the church at Jerusalem, are doing what God wants them to do, and uh, they are running into problems and persecution, so forth and so on. Now, in verse 23, our text, And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had done unto them. And when they heard that, they, the church, their own company, when they reported all that had happened to them, how they'd been incarcerated, how they'd been thrown in jail, how they'd been threatened, and being let go, they went to their own company. I think it's important we hang around together. I think it's important we fellowship together. I think it's important that we meet and worship as a church together. And the Bible said, after they had gone through all this, for the man, uh, the, and being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priest and the elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord God, thou art God which hath made heaven and earth, and sea, and all that is in is. Who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, Why did the heathen rage, and the people imagine vain things? Our pastor preached on these verses just the other night, out of the Old Testament, out of the book of Psalms. The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord, and against his Christ. For the truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate and the Gentiles and all of Israel were gathered together. 
for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before unto them. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thy hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, can I say that again? And when they had prayed, could I say that again? And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were one heart and one soul. Neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. If I were to look throughout all of Scripture, you'd not find a better church than the one I just read you about. A great church in the midst of a changing world. I want you to know something. If you haven't noticed it, we in America are going through the change. Our houses are changing. Our marriages are changing. Our society is changing. Our culture is changing. Our jobs are changing. People are different than they were when I was a young man. Two men, older men, working as waiting on tables. And one of the men said, Man, we ought to be so thankful for our president creating all these new all these new jobs. And the other man said, Yeah, thank God I have three of them. Three of them. You tell me a man who's working three jobs what time he has for his family. You tell me what man that has to work three jobs to create and to maintain his standard of living if he's not neglecting his wife and family. You tell me if that is not changing in America. Our world is changing. When Elvis sang Jailhouse Rock and I Ain't Nothing But a Hound Dog, I would have never dreamed that men would have operations for sex change. Now, I don't know what you're looking at me for like that. I can't think of anything worse than marrying a man. I'd rather kiss my dog. And yet, we're living in a world where it is accepted, bless your heart, 
And we who do not accept it are ridiculed and downgraded as being some weird bird that don't believe God knew what he was doing when he created male and female, she and him, not shem. We're living in a changing world. What kind of church do we want in this changing world? Do we change with it or do we maintain our convictions? Can you imagine? We're living in a situation. Our cities are being burned to the ground by peaceful, friendly protesters. Not by Antifa or Black Lives Matters or White life matters or no life matters. Peaceful protesters. If they start burning my house down, may I let you know, I'm not going to be near that peaceful. No, I, I'm not. I'll send ginger on them. And I'll guarantee, buddy, when she gets through with them, they'll go back to New York. We're living in a changing world. And not only is our world changing, but, uh, uh, you know, uh, you think about, can you imagine closing churches in America? Our churches have been closed. California, they're threatening to throw them in jail if they sing in church. And this is in America. We are living in a changing world. And what kind of church do we want? What kind of church does God want us to be? Our cities are being burnt. Our churches are closed. Our government is far beyond corrupt. Uh, was Our information that we received today is questionable. Somebody calls it fake news. I have no idea who it was. But I heard someone quote something the other day. I want to just lay it, just give it to you just a minute. He said our battle is not between Democrats and Republicans, but it's between Washington and the rest of America. I never thought about that before. Think about it. Things are changing in America. Our churches are changing. The phrase, have you ever heard this? The church of your choice. I wonder if folk visit our church, what are they looking for? Church hoppers and folks who are looking for a church of their choice. Don't you think it ought to be the church of God's choice? Don't you think we ought to be looking for what God wants us to do instead of what we want to do? Most folk walk in the front door of our church are asking about our programs, our activities, and our, our, our ministerial uh, opportunities. I just wonder now, bless your heart, is that really what's important? Or maybe they're wanting an upbeat music program like Brother Sean is producing. And maybe, just maybe, they're looking for fellowship opportunities. But I wonder what does the Bible say makes up a great church? What does the Bible, what does God say? Is the church to be governed by its architecture, by the size, uh, how many people there, what the financial state, what 
does God say a great church is? Because in this changing world in which we live, everybody, including the church, is changing to go along with the crowd. And they'll visit here and they'll, they'll walk out before sometimes we ever finish preaching. But I just wonder, what does God say a great church really is? Could I please just show you here in about, oh, two or three minutes, it's 7.02, and I think uh, uh, our program is, what, 7.15? Is it what time it starts at home? Is that well? well, you already watched alone, right? A great church, a great church, this church, and I hope and pray that the church that we're a member of is a church that is strengthened by prayer. Amen. Notice if you would please. I'll read for you verse 31. And the Bible says. And when they had prayed. They have been jailed. They have been threatened. They have been persecuted. And the Bible said in, in the verses. And being let go. Verse 23. They went to their own company. Isn't it amazing that when they had the roughest time. They did not miss church. Isn't it amazing. The first place they went. When things got rough. And when things got tough. And when things were going against their will, the first place they went is to church. You see, a great church is noted for their faith, not their fear. Listen to me now. I want to be kind to you. You can stay home and still have faith. But don't let fear hide you behind those doors to where you become ex exclusive from the world and afraid to go out and afraid to live and afraid to breathe air and afraid to see the sunshine. A great church is motivated by faith and not fear. And when they let them go, when they let them out of jail, when they turned them loose from the court, the first place they went was to church. And they did not go to church to have a business meeting. They went to church for a prayer meeting. You like that? Yeah, yeah. Think about it if you would, please. I want you to think about it. The Bible says, and being let go. You know, they said several years ago, I heard him sing it, I'm, I'm old enough. Nat King Cole used to sing a song that said, I found the answer, I learned to pray. Notice if you would please. I want you to notice something. Look at verse 23. I want you to see this prayer they prayed. Look down about verse number 24. And when they had heard that, Notice what they did. They lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, now listen to this prayer if you would please. When you pray, do you pray biblically? When you pray, do you have some kind of pattern? Notice what they say. And when they had lifted up their voice, listen to this. I'll tell you, this is great. They lifted up their voice and said, Thou art 
God which has made heaven and earth and sea and all that is in is. This would be just a small thing, God, for a creator that has made the heavens and the earth and everything that is. Lord, just whatever Annas and Caiaphas has to say, whatever the Sanhedrin wants to do, Lord, you are the creator of all. Hey, when you pray, do you just bust in or do you say, now, Lord, I know how great you are, our heavenly Father, our holy Father. Notice he reminded them of creation. He playing, praying biblically. Watch this now. And I know as you read this, you'll see that they vindicate God's inspiration of the scriptures. You say, now how do you see that? Look in verse number 25. Who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, the creator of the universe put the words in David's mouth to say got that holy men of old were moved by the Holy Ghost and spake as God gave him utterance you can find inspiration and creation notice and you can find prophecy through this thing and the sovereignty of God look at verse 26 And the Bible said, And the kings of earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ, talking about crucifixion, and of a truth against thy holy child, Jesus, whom thou hast anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together for to do, watch this now, whatsoever Thy hand and thy counsel determine before to be done. Everything that happened at Calvary, God not only allowed it, but ordained it. You mean to tell me I was in jail because you allowed it? You mean but tell, I was threatened because you allowed it? I bet this pandemic slipped up on God. <gasps> I wonder if God sent this to us to check our water. I wonder if God is finding more faith among us than fear. I wonder if we've been talking to one another more than we're talking to he who can take care of the problem. Just wondering. A great church is strengthened by prayer. Amen? After all, you got more time to do it now than you used to have. You can't go anywhere. You might as well pray. Amen. Come on now. Don't get mad at me. Notice, if you would, please, a great church. I believe this church. I know as far as I'm concerned, this church over the years have been strengthened in prayer. We've never had a church split. We just always had a constant splinter. 
But if you have a constant splinter, they don't hang around to try to split it. Are you listening to me? And for 30 some years, we've been encouraging you to pray. You say, preacher, we don't have a lot of prayer meetings like a lot of churches. Well, you don't have to have prayer meetings uh, with everybody else. Individuals can pray. Amen. And in these turbulent and troubling times, let me encourage you, make much of prayer. And when they had prayed, I like that, don't you? And when they had prayed, I like that. A great church, this church, is going to continue to strengthen itself in prayer. I've prayed more, probably. I've prayed more earnestly, probably. More in the closing of our church than I have prayed in 50 years. It's reminded me the change that's going on. If you can watch television and not break out in prayer, you're sick. Trump is not the answer. Biden certainly is not the answer. God Almighty is the answer. Amen. It wouldn't take him but about 10 seconds to come back and straighten the whole stinking mess out. And I want him to find our church, a great church, that's strengthened in prayer. A great church is not only strengthened in prayer, but notice this, in verse 31, the Bible says this, And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled, and they were all filled with what? Do we believe... In being filled with the Holy Ghost. In your prayer life, in our prayer life, is that our prayer that we would be filled with the Holy Ghost? Or are we praying for everybody to be healed from a physical infirmity? But until we are filled with the Holy Ghost, we know not what to pray for. Without the Holy Ghost, why should we even want to pray? What good thing in me, apart from the Holy Spirit, remove Him from my life, why would I even be encouraged to pray? Without the Holy Ghost, there is no prayer. Are you listening? Please listen to me. This is a spiritual entity, not a physical entity. And everything about a Christian's relationship with God hinges on the Holy Spirit. If you have not the Spirit of God, you're none of His. 
How many or have I today started my day out in prayer asking the Holy Spirit to fill me and direct me and guide me, protect me throughout the day? Prayer is not a fee-fi-fo-fum kind of deal. Prayer is motivated by the Holy Spirit. And when they had prayed, this is not an earthquake, this is a heavenly quake. Uh, The building is not shaken because of the earth trimming the Earth and the building is shaken because the Holy Ghost has come down. We need the Holy Ghost to shake this place up a little bit, bless your heart, to shake us out of our lethargy and shake us out of our normalcy. We need God to shake us up again. And in a changing world, we need a church that is not changing, that is strengthened by prayer, and strengthened by the Holy Ghost of Almighty God. You see, a divine mission demands divine power. But ye shall receive the power after what? The Holy Ghost has come upon you. Then you shall be our witnesses. Most of our churches kind of remind me of the Samson Twist. When he jumped up out of Delilah's lap and shook himself as he had before, but wist not that the spirit had departed. One bad thing about wearing masks, you can't see the expression on the face. And that's where you really can recognize the presence of God. Just by countenance. On the face. Oh, would you please help me to keep this church a great church? Not changing by the winds of time, but great, relying on the strength of prayer and strength of the Holy Ghost. Notice, if you would please, in closing, a great church is also strengthened by holy boldness. Verse 31, watch this now. It says this, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. Just under two months ago now, these same Christians had witnessed Calvary. I don't know what kind of trauma, what kind of emotion that might rest upon us if we had stood there and watched them crucify our Lord, mocking him with the robe and crowning him with a crown of thorns and, and blaspheming, if you please, and the same henchmen that insisted on Jesus Christ dying on the cross are the same guys who's threatening these two disciples. Can you imagine the fear 
that they must have experienced. They had witnessed the mock trial of our Lord. Some in their party had been beaten and imprisoned. They had been jailed and threatened. And said, whatever you do, do not speak in this name again. Now watch what they prayed. Verse 31, and when they had prayed, the place where they assembled was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Now watch this. And they spake the word of God with boldness. Threatened? Yes. Notice what they prayed in verse 29 after the threatening. And now, Lord, this is what they're praying. Now, Lord, behold their threatenings. Grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. God had answered their prayer. And this great boldness was evident in the church. Christian, don't apologize for being saved. Don't be ashamed to pass out a gospel track. You don't take much. So I'd just like to leave this with you. Read it when you get a chance. Don't let this city go to hell. Because we're ashamed or afraid somebody will misunderstand. My life's verse is, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation. To everyone to believe it, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Oh, a great church is strengthened through prayer. Strengthened. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Strengthened through holy boldness. And then it's strengthened through unity. Verse 32. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul. Verse 33. And with great power gave the apostle witness... The resurrection of our Lord Jesus, great grace was upon them all. A great church, a great church will walk in unity. Could I please tell you that I have been so fortunate for 34 years to pastor this church and no one has ever hurt my feelings. I've never got it back that somebody's talking about me or didn't want to follow me. Isn't it amazing that I can pastor one church for all these many years and never have anybody disagree or hurt my feelings? Isn't that great? Can you say that? No, you can't. Neither can I. But I do know a verse that I tried to memorize several years ago, realizing if I did not practice this verse, 
I would be an emotional basket of nervous breakdowns the rest of my life. Are you ready? Be you kind one to another. Tender-hearted. Forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven us. That'll work. I said, that'll work. Some folk act like we just try to hurt their feelings. But on the contrary, we would walk around the block three times to keep from hurting your feelings. Ours is not a vindictive ministry. Ours is a love ministry. Ours is an encouraging ministry. But I want to be a member of a great church. Not a great institution. Not a society. uh, Not a social get-together. I want a place where they pray together. Amen. Where they uh, witness together. uh, Where they do it with boldness. Not arrogance. Not loudness. But boldness. Not ashamed and proud that you are a Christian and proud you're a member of the greatest church I've ever been a member of in all my life. Our missionaries so please me when on their prayer cards they're not ashamed to say we're sent out by the Joshua Baptist Church. Dr. House has been a member of this church uh, ever since I, I was just a young pup when he joined. Now we're both old dogs, believe me. But he's never been ashamed to be a member of Joshua Baptist Church. I think, honest, greatness is not in its size. Greatness is not how many people we have. Greatness is not how many noses and nickels we can count. Greatness is spiritual. Greatness is knowing how to pray. Greatness is being bold about your faith. I'm glad that we're back to church again. Amen. It's great to be in church again. Now, We can only be unified through a spiritual relationship. Think of all the members. Every one of us has got different personalities. All of us raised in probably different parts of the country before we got here. Raised by different parents trying to put up with different kids. And we stumble in off the highways into this auditorium. All of us with different ideas, different prejudice, different, different, different wants, different desires. The only way we can stay unified is through the fullness. The fullness of the Holy Spirit of God. 